We uh, have Congressman Nick Langworthy with us to discuss several things going on in Congress. Congressman, good morning. Good morning, Joe. Uh, you get any sleep yet? I, I let me tell you, last night was uh, was rough. <laughs> and, uh, if I'm if I'm stumbling over myself in questions this time, Congressman, I actually have the excuses. Well, congratulations. We're, we're all very happy for you, and you've entered the rite of passage of fatherhood, so congratulations. Hey, I couldn't be happier, but yes, the uh, the sleep, and I'm, you know, I go from taking three naps a day before sleeping to, you know, being lucky if I get three hours of sleep, but it's all worth it, and, and I'm, I'm very, very happy. Uh, Congressman, we, we saw a few things happen, but obviously the big thing we saw at the end of the week, this indictment um, against former President Trump, this a federal indictment. Uh, what's your take on it? Well, I, I think that this is historic for all the wrong reasons. We have now the second indictment of a former president, the first ever indictment of uh, the president of the United States' is, uh, leading political opponent. Um, you know, this is banana republic stuff here. I mean, the fact that, you know, the the president has weaponized the Justice Department to take on his chief rival for something involving presidential records, which, you know, every president that's left the White House has had some entanglement with, you know, possession of records if they're entitled to them or not. Bill Clinton, probably the most high profile, you know, where he had, you know, tapes of conversations with world leaders talking about, you know, very serious um, international situations, and, and it was ruled uh, that he was uh, permitted to, to keep those, and those were personal property because presidents are able to declassify information. Um, you know, you know who wasn't uh, able to declassify information that they possessed was Joe Biden, because Joe Biden kept records from when he was the vice president of the United States of America. They have the power to go to funerals, basically, and in the way to see if the president's uh, still. Uh, still alive that morning but the but as vice president he kept records uh that were classified top secret documents they were in his garage with his corvette uh so basically the same exact fact pattern that we're talking about with things that, that uh, involve president trump but unlike president trump he was not able to declassify documents now yeah, i'm not going to get into every wrinkle in that indictment it's long it's uh it's certainly sensational and uh, in the president, uh, President Trump will have the opportunity to uh, to go to trial and have due process. But this is election interference. We have the leading candidate for president uh, on the Republican side has has been indicted so that he will be facing trial during the primary and general election process. Uh, this is uh, I just it's without parallel. We have never seen anything like this, and it's a, I, I believe, an abuse and a weaponization of the Justice Department. And you know, Joe, I just, I don't want to pivot too much here, but uh, too quickly, I want you to ask me the questions. But we are seeing two tiers of justice here in this country, and the American people, they know it, they see it. Um, you know, I'm on the House Oversight Committee, and I have poured through over 2,000 pages of suspicious activities reports that involve the Biden family. 11 Biden family members have dispersed money to the tune of millions of dollars from foreign governments. Not years and years ago, like last year. They're, they're getting paid by foreign governments while Joe Biden is the president. Now, I will see a document tomorrow um, myself, but my colleagues have briefed me on what they've seen. 
Um, it, it, my flight was too early on Friday to, uh, to, to see it myself, but that dictates that the president received a $5 million uh, payment from the Ukraine to change American policy. That's a bribe. That would be an impeachable offense. There's a mainstream media blackout of this story. You know, there is no equity whatsoever in the information flow in this country, and something's got to change. You mentioned that uh, that FBI document. Uh, now, we saw during the week where it was to the point where Christopher Ray was going to be held in contempt. What happened? How was Congress able uh, to convince the FBI director to hand those files over? Well, I'm, I'm very proud to serve on the House Committee on Oversight and Accountability, and our, our chairman, James Comer, you see him a lot on, on Fox and in the various channels. Um, he has been uh, very steadfast here. Uh, we had human intelligence whistleblowers come forward to tell us of this document's existence. Ten days ago, the FBI said that did, that document didn't exist, that that form was not real. And we said, we know the form's real. Uh, you know, the whistleblower went to Chairman Comer and uh, Senator Grassley, who's uh, uh, just a, an icon of oversight matters in, in, this, in the U.S. Senate. And we knew dead to rights that this document existed, that the FBI prepared a document dictating the fact that, you know, then Vice President of the United States Joe Biden received a $5 million payout from these Ukrainian interests to go get that prosecutor fired. And then his son, Hunter, who obviously has been, you know, uh, implicated in so many of these skeevy uh, arrangements, he received five million as well. So ten million dollars went into Biden family hands and U.S. policy was changed and this document existed. They lied about it. And then we said, all right, we're going to hold Christopher Wray in contempt of Congress because they refused to hand over the document. Uh, then uh, it, when we got serious and scheduled the committee markup of the uh, contempt order, uh, the FBI came to the negotiating table, and now all members of the House Committee on Oversight will go view this document uh, and have the ability to do that. I believe there are more documents. Uh, we are just at the tip of an iceberg right now which is this, this Biden family crime syndicate. And I just want to mention again, there is a media blackout. Now, I, I did a press conference the other day. They asked me 50 questions about President Trump, and I brought all of these things up to all of our local stations. And I, I wasn't accusing anyone in local media of uh, being complicit in the media blackout. But I will tell you that not one word of what I said <clears throat> was on one broadcast in this community or in the newspaper, uh, this, they're, they're, at some point you gotta, you got to you know, just agree that this is a conscientious decision by those in the mainstream media to shut down this story, to cover for the Biden family crime syndicate. And uh, if, if Hunter Biden's name was Hunter Trump, he'd have been in leg irons by now for, for the stuff that I've read about. And uh, we are going to make sure that this information is readily available to the American people and um, we're going to be calling out those that don't cover this story and, and using any platform to do it because the two tiers of justice in this country, this is unacceptable. You know, America is founded on the fact that we have equal justice for all. The laws will be applied evenly across the board, no matter who you vote for for president, no matter you know, 
what class you belong to, what schools you went to, how, how much money is in your bank account. The law should be evenly applied across the board. That's what America is, and that's not what we have right now because the president and his family are getting away with corruption. We are owed the answers to whether or not the president of the United States is on the take to the Chinese Communist Party, to Romania, to the Ukraine. Here we're going to get asked for another pile of money for the war in the Ukraine, and the president has, has sought to benefit from you know things in in the Ukraine, that's a conflict of interest. In in you need to come to the table and disclose these things, and it never was. Now I want to ask you about the Biden documents that were found in his garage at the University of Delaware and the University of Pennsylvania. Um, obviously, that investigation is still going on. But and I think I know the answer to this, but I have to ask it. Uh, with what we're seeing, uh, the indictment against former President Trump. Uh, I mean, is there any way that? The president, President Joe Biden, gets away with, you know, the case being closed. I mean, we're seeing just as I don't know about just as many documents, but we're seeing documents in multiple places that he's had for, you know, close to a decade. Oh, I mean, in every president and vice president, I think has dealt with this to some extent. I mean, this is much to do about nothing. And most of it's a civil matter, Joe. I mean, that that's what's missing here. This. um you know, dealing with the National Archives on this, it's like, the, it's like arguing with a library. I mean, th- this is not um, what they've made it out to be. Uh, Bill Clinton had records. George H.W. Bush had records. I'm sure Barack Obama had records, but no one can talk about him uh, because he's above all. Uh, and uh, certainly now we see that Joe Biden's got records in, from his vice presidential years. Uh, President Trump had records, things that uh, – you know, probably ultimately should be in the National Archives, but people take things, you know, back with them. Uh, and and then this, they built a case around this and, and, and really, um, it, you know, work this up. Just another excuse to weaponize the Justice Department uh, to try to really eliminate Joe Biden's political adversaries and silence a whole lot of voters in this country. Uh, and... You know, you're looking at multiple trials now that are speculated to be going on in the midst of our presidential nomination process. I mean, I I, I think I just I tell you, in my travels around the district, I mean, I I talk to a lot of people and, you know, they see through this. They think that there is there is a a huge element of corruption in a lot of the agencies in this country that have three letters in their name. And uh, they want to see this fixed. Um, You know, you, you have to know that. You know, in America, we're going to be treated the same way. And it sure seems like if you're a conservative, if you're a Republican, going back to the Obama years, uh, you know, when the IRS was weaponized against the Tea Party movement, many conservative organizations, you know, some of those same people are involved with the prosecution of President Trump. And, you know, maybe we're busy when, when we govern uh, as Republicans are trying to get something done for the American people. They spend their time figuring out how to dominate and rig things going into the future and eliminating their political opponents. I mean, this ruthlessness that we've seen is is off the charts. And people now are are starting to be concerned because they're saying, wow, guys, they're going after President Trump. They can go after me, too. Maybe I shouldn't put that Facebook post up. Maybe I, you know, have to, you know, be quiet about my beliefs. You know, this this nation was founded on free speech and the ability to determine one's you know, own self-interests. 
and and we won't be silenced. And and there's a lot of fight left to, to have here. This next election is critical, you know, to our country's future. Congressman, I, I said this in my monologue on Friday, you know, talking about how m- multiple things can be true. And I wonder what your take is on this. You know, if the former president had just handed over the documents when first asked about them, do you think that would have forced um, the media to put a spotlight on uh, what has been uncovered on the Joe Biden docs and also uh, the FBI story? I don't think so, because they they don't cover wrongdoing by the other side. I mean, you know, look at. Look at the whole, you know, issue surrounding Hillary Clinton. By the end of it, they were painting her in a light where, you know, she was the victim. And uh, any time a Democrat's, you know, accused of doing wrongdoing, they talk about vast right-wing conspiracy. How about the fact that, you know, you have a former Secretary of State, former First Lady, who used, who was caught using something called bleach bit to try to remove classified information from private servers, you know, deleting emails, hiding information. Well, we never will know what she hid. I mean, it just, it, it, it just, there not anyone with an objective mind could look at that situation and say, oh no, she was an innocent party that was just, you know, trying to schedule her yoga lessons. I got to ask you a, a state question. Um, that we talked about with Minority Leader Rob Ort last segment. Uh, state Democrats here in New York have approved legislation to provide low-cost health care uh, to migrants, including illegal immigrants, after the federal government agreed to provide cash. Uh, where's this federal cash coming from, and how did this get approved? Well, they're all begging. Uh, we haven't passed anything, uh, so there's, there must be some emergency fund the president has access to that he's making uh, way, but I don't see any uh, additional monies coming out of the House of Representatives uh, for you know Joe Biden's border disasters. Uh, this is a, a a dilemma, a crisis of Joe Biden's making. This this was um, started when he stopped enforcing U.S. immigration policy. I mean, President Trump had things in a very good spot uh, in terms of slowing down the illegal immigration. The, the Remain in Mexico policy things had actually gotten manageable. And as soon as they took over, uh, they undid everything. And then when Title 42 expired, it it was game on. And now, you know, Kathy Hochul went with a tin cup to, you know, Biden's chief of staff this week, and they were begging for more money. And and what's the first thing they want to do? They want to put them all on Medicaid. You know, we're the most generous benefits packages in the United States of America. We spend more on this program than Texas and California combined that each have way more population than we do. And now we're going to put all of our migrants on that. We're going to overburden our hospitals. We're going to spend ourselves into oblivion in this state. In uh, in all they can they can come up with it isn't like well how do we get these people out of here? How do we get these people um, you know and, and and get this so we're not a destination? That's the problem. These people are coming into Texas and say where do you want to go? They say New York because they know the gravy train is alive and well here in New York. Our taxpayers can't handle this, and this is now a New York City thing. Is they, they head to New York City, this is going to be a huge upstate problem because it's a lot cheaper for them to house those people in upstate and places like the southern tier and western New York. And our taxpayers are going to be shouldering this. Our school systems are going to be overburdened. And our hospitals are going to be plunged into bankruptcy because of this. This is nonsense. It's unacceptable. And this is a, this is a Democrat problem because they have created a sanctuary state, a sanctuary city in New York City. They were, it was all fun and games and politics until now it's here on our doorstep. And they can't, 
I mean, we already have a budget that's $225 billion. We can't afford it anymore. They're chasing all of our uh, our job creators out every single year. I mean, you, you, you see it. You see the population shifts. People are going to more free states, you know, states that have a cheaper cost of living, where the government's not constantly in your business. And then these people are all surprised when we got a hole in our in, in our budget and, that, you know, the, the, the the economic forecast is very gloomy. That all of these things and these bad decisions, bad policies that are disrespectful to our taxpayers, they're coming home to roost. Final question, Congressman. Again, uh, a New York State question, but I, I, I want to know your take on this. Uh, Senate has passed a bill that will move local elections to even years. I, um, I am just uh, – this is devastating. To our, we fought hard uh, in, my, in my past role as state Republican Party chairman. Uh, they tried this at the end of last session. We mobilized busloads of elected officials and people that you know were entrusted to the public uh, to represent their interests. We brought them all to Albany. Had a massive rally at the Capitol, and uh, I think what we assembled then with the support of the you know New York State Association of Counties and so many different stakeholders, we were able to scare them into not pushing forward on that. Kathy, I think, thought that was a little too dangerous uh, to do in her election year. And what do they do without a single public hearing, without asking anyone what they think, with zero respect to local elected officials who are entrusted by the localities in the taxpayers, the, the government closest to taxpayers, Albany and, and the, the numbskulls in our state legislature decided that it was their job to steal the terms of offices of these individuals to change and, and put their thumb on the scale because they think it's going to give them a partisan edge. There's no – I mean our elections commissioners have spoken out. They said this will not be a cost savings. There is there is nothing. You, you will not be able to even get your word in edgewise in those elections because when you're running a presidential election and then there's a race for Erie County Legislature the same year, how much press – how much media attention, how much awareness is that campaign for legislature? Not saying that's not important. It's not going to get a word in edgewise because everybody's going to be so focused on the national level election. It's not fair to local government. I believe in local government. And I, you know, I always say local government governs best. I'm in constant communication with our local elected officials uh, as a congressman because I want to hear how they think things are going to affect you know, the taxpayers there. Their jobs just got harder. Uh, we got worse government because of the decision there. And I hope Kathy Hochul will decide to do the right thing and veto this bill. Congressman Nick Langworthy. Uh, Congressman, thank you so much for joining us this Sunday morning. Uh, my pleasure, Joe. Uh, good, good luck with that beautiful baby. I appreciate it. Thank you so much.